Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to this episode of Peak to Pit. Allie Peak here with TJ Pittinger, still basking in the Tampa Super Bowl uh, glow. We are. We're pretty excited that the Bucks have taken home the Lombardi Trophy. Still celebrating here, although not the way that we would like to celebrate. COVID's gotten in the way. But we did have a pretty cool boat parade. Um, some interesting things happened in that boat, boat parade, uh, none the least of which would be the throwing of the Lombardi Trophy from Tom Brady to Gronk's boat. Uh, it was caught, but that was pretty amusing and a little terrifying. Yeah. Um, did you see, and this is what we kind of wanted to talk about, did you see that the, I guess the silversmith's daughter that that made the Lombardi Trophy. Of course, this is 2021, so you cannot live for any length of time without being outraged or offended um, about right. everything. Right. And so, um, did you see her get upset and demand an apology because she didn't say how deeply offended that she was that. Tom Brady would throw this. I mean, she acted like it was the original canon of the King James Bible. Like I, you know, like it was just the most sacred. So, which half the people uh, aren't going to care about that anyway. But Lorraine Gross, right? She is the the daughter of the silversmith that uh, Greg Gross is, who is the silversmith who made the Lombardi Trophy. Uh, I mean, obviously a long time ago. But uh, so I just thought it was weird. So not only does she want an apology for her dad, but she says that she needs an apology for all silversmiths which also doesn't even make a whole lot of sense like they like he insulted the profession by throwing um the trophy i i just feel like it's nonsense um yeah no it's stupid and i hope as far as i know tom brady has not issued an apology um did you see what the bucks never does tweeted i did not no okay so he tweets um, he, he tweets a clip from the movie stripes, um, where, you know, the, the scene where he says, lighten up Francis. Oh yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That clip, uh, at the bottom, like a, a local reporter tweeted the story. I think it's a video of Lorraine Gross, uh, talking, saying she wants the apology or whatever. And he commented on it that, uh, lighten up Francis. So I'm guessing um, that it's not happening. I, I think this is such an example of where we are as a society. She said she hasn't slept in multiple nights. 
because the idea that an intoxicated person could throw this trophy is just mind boggling to her. And I mean, do you have nothing serious to worry about, Lorraine? If that's what you're losing sleep over at night, I would love for that to be the, the only thing in my mind that I'm worried about a, a, a trophy. In the midst of a global pandemic, right? right? Like, like thousands of people dying every day. Um, we are worried about Tom Brady throwing. I mean, Which, Tom, Brady's way, good at throw, Tom Brady's good at throwing things. Like if he's not, it's not like you were going to have throw it. Wouldn't it be Tom Brady? It probably be Tom Brady. Yeah. Like it's not. And if you were to have anybody catch it, wouldn't it be the Bucks wide receivers? And so like, anyway, like, um, yeah, no, I, I think she's probably lying about that. I haven't slept. I mean, that's probably an exaggeration. I mean, but if it is the truth. Can you imagine saying that with a straight face? I have not slept in multiple days because I'm so distraught that this trophy was thrown. Did she not pay attention when Gronk won it and used it as a baseball bat in the locker room and it got dented? So I think she's lying about that. But if she's not, I am so happy that this lady is, has not slept in days over this because <laughs> – that so I think she's lying, right? Like I'll just yeah. say that I think she's a bullface liar. I have been really, really stressed about a lot of things, and I've still found a way to to get to sleep. So anyway, maybe her stress levels are, are different than mine. But uh, I mean, I would love kids, my only life stress, you know, like, worrying about a trophy. So, um, yeah, no, so that's insane. So, so I'm guessing anyway. apologies not coming, Lorraine. Um, I hope not. Not I this not. I mean, not come night. on. No, I given uh, the GM's response, I cannot imagine that one is coming. I honestly, like, I can't even believe that somebody found Greg Groh's daughter and asked her for her opinion on it. I don't even know how this became a story, but I think it's absurd. Um, and I'm glad that they're not. And I just, like, think about all the things that we see these trophies uh, get put through every year. Like how much alcohol is consumed with these? How many like boobs are they rubbed on? How many people take Jeez, shots? Allie, at this them? is a family like, show. I mean, I'm just saying, like it, that has oh got to be probably one of the more benign things that has happened to this trophy, right? I'm gonna get in trouble for doing this podcast with you. Um, no, I mean, yes, drinking liquor out of the cup. Um, you know, the Lakers were, um. I, you know, again, not not like a massive thing, but the Lakers were like smoking cigars around the Larry O'Brien trophies. You know, like cigar ash is falling all over the place, and For they spray sure. champ, they spray champagne all over all this stuff. With it, he's he's joked oh that gosh, the reason it's... he isn't allowed to wear, um, or excuse me, that he hasn't been allowed to touch the trophy this time around is because he dented it the last time around. I know he's joking, but he's not joking about the dent that actually happened. He used it as a baseball bat in the Patriots locker room. We've talked about how people have accidentally dropped certain things, sure. uh, the crystal ball and stuff. So just, just shut up. Like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It, Out of all it, the things that have happened to this, I wish it would have like fallen and gotten dented. Now, like, I wish it would have like. <laughs> so anyway, uh, no apology coming. I would no, hope unnecessary. Um, speaking of apologies, I'm, I'm big on these transitions lately. Yeah. Uh, no apology from UF on canceling their spring game. They're just going to get rid of it and have an extra scrimmage and call that a day. Yeah. Um, the first major college football program that I have seen or noticed do this, now more may yeah. follow suit, but um, it's a spring game. It does mean less. 
Uh, not a big fan of this. Big. Yeah. Uh, it's a spring game, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, but I'm gonna back it off just a little bit. I'm getting some big tennis vibes here. Like I don't know why UF had to be the first one to do this. Right. Um, if if everyone else doesn't, you follow later. Like that's fine. But why did UF need to be the first one? I, I hate it. it. Sounds like I'm defending UF here. I'm not. Like I just. But why did they have to be the first ones to to do this? So yeah, well, maybe they will be the trendsetters. Is, but so uh, I hate I, it. I think part of why Florida is the first is that they start their spring practice on Thursday, which is uh, materially earlier than they normally do. Normally the spring game falls in about the third week of April, right? Our wedding anniversary is April 21st and we, it's always like somewhere around that week. Um, So I think, so they will wrap practice up though on March 20th this year. So part of it is nobody else is starting practice yet. So if they start practice, but there's no information about the game, these questions are going to get asked. So part of it is just timing. And they basically, what, what Mullen said about starting it early is we have the weather to be able to do it here at Florida. They want to start it early so that they have the film so that these young guys, Florida has guys that have not ever participated in a spring practice, right? All spring practices, not just the spring game, were canceled for everybody last year. So Florida now will have guys from last season and then the new guys that have come in uh, in January that have never participated in a spring. There's going to be a big chunk of them. They want them to be able to have that footage, is what he had said, to go over and kind of learn from for a longer window of time. And they basically just figured – the reason that these schools up north don't start their practice right now is because they camp. There's snow on the ground. We can, and he seems to think that there will be some edge found by, you know, whatever, having tape of these 14 practices or 12 practices, whatever it is, for a month longer. I mean, maybe there's some truth to that. I don't know. Maybe it's just a marginal difference. I am surprised um, – just because there's UF sporting events on campus currently with students. And you would think that football is probably the easiest of all the sports to socially distance in. And with the spring game, when you're expecting, you know, no matter what, you're going to have a way lower crowd, lay less people that want to come to a spring game than a normal game. So you would think it wouldn't be that difficult to, um, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense for those reasons. Like you said, UF is is currently having sporting events with fans right. indoors on campus right now. Baseball is about to kick off. Um, right. Or I mean, you, off, can I go, guess. you can buy tickets and, so, and go watch the number one gymnastics team in the country right now. Like you yeah, can, you can you go, know, you can go watch our hero Mike White. You can go do a bunch of things. Um, and they had fans in the stadium, right? Four in games like two months ago. So like, right. you know, to not do it now, I, I don't understand. Uh, the thinking now UF did not uh, sell out capacity and, and most schools didn't right? right. But UF did not sell out capacity, which was whatever 20, 25% of, of even that. So like you would think that if they just keep the capacity at 25% for a spring game, it's going to be even lower, right? With, um, you know, less people are going to go to the spring game than went to sure. the LSU game. So sure. you're probably only going to have like, 10 or 12% of people in there anyway. Although I will say, I think people in general are probably more likely to go to a football game 
in March than maybe they felt comfortable doing in the fall. In um, yeah, in November. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So maybe it just comes out somewhere around the same. The same amount have, or whatever. I mean, you found it safe in the fall. Like you could have sold up to twenty five percent just because they didn't sell out that twenty five percent didn't mean that they didn't want to, right? Yeah. So, so it's, if you're it's okay a, to do that, I don't really get it. I don't um, either. I've I've talked with um let me be somewhat careful. I've talked to some people at FSU and just kind of asked the same, the same question. Like, Hey, is this something we're considering doing too? And they said, I mean, I hope I'm in trouble with this. They basically said, no, we're full steam ahead. Like we're, we're yeah. having it, you know? Yeah. Like, And so yeah, I, 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 things could change, you know, like if, if we see other major programs start to do the same thing, like if, if Clemson and Alabama and Georgia and, and LSU and, and, Auburn and all these teams close to us, Miami and UCF, all do the same thing. I'm right, sure Florida State will not be the only team in the Southeast right. that so has a game. So Mullen but, said, like, did you listen to the quote of what Mullen said about it? I didn't know. He basically, he almost kind of seemed a little confused about why this was happening as well. He um, he said something like, I think there's just a lot of these COVID restrictions and everything going on. Uh, it's just a way to not have another gathering. Um, so it's what the universities decided to do. And he so he could says it in played, a way could just play not, which you could have just canceled all sports for the entire right. year. I mean, he says it in a way that basically makes it seem like he did not have a whole lot of say. Of course, yeah, of course he wants um, fans. I mean, he was one to pack the stadium after Texas A&M, which I don't, I never had a problem with. I right, didn't think right. that was great PR on his point, but yeah, I was right along with him for that. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm completely on Mullen's side with, he should want fans and i mean well, you know you could say it's a scrimmage but like you know go go grab eric like there it's different with fans there so, you know like under the know, lights you know and so he wants to see these guys out there that play. they could have done and they are not is said hey we are having the spring game fans are only allowed virtually you know uh, here and and so it's interesting to me that they've made the call of saying there is no orange and blue game. We are instead going to add a third scrimmage, but the orange and blue game is a scrimmage. So why could your last practice of the year that, it, you know, they scrimmage in the spring in the swamp every time they scrimmage anyway, right? They usually scrimmage the two Saturdays leading up to the spring game. We've gone and watched a million of them. Um, they happen in the swamp. So why, I don't understand, even if you didn't want fans there, why you actually need to say the words that you've canceled the orange and blue game, as opposed to, you know, we're not going to have fans, but don't worry. You're going to be able to see it on TV. We're going to live stream it here or there or whatever. Um, and figured out a way to hype it up this way. You're still having a spring game. It's you're, you're having three scrimmages. I don't understand why. Like that seems like a missed PR opportunity there. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. And again, I don't know why they, felt the need to to take the lead on this. Like there's yeah. you, there's no prize. Well, I for, know why they took the lead on it. And it is because practice starts Thursday. They're the first practice earlier. to open in the country. I, I believe. Did they, I, did they have a, did they have a game scheduled and they canceled? Cause like ours has been scheduled for weeks and, um, and our, and our game would happen later than yours, right? Like it's in April. Um, you know, cause we start in March. No, so like, I'm, did they I'm not even have a game to, scheduled? I'm going to pull up Gator zone and see what they have on there. Generally, they release it um, at the beginning of the year for when the spring, like what week the spring game is going to be. But like I said, it's always about the third week of April, um, sometimes a little bit earlier. It kind of depends on when Easter falls to and spring break. Um, but it's April, right? 
it's always in April. It's definitely not in March. So the fact that it's wrapping up on March 20th, is Florida doing something different than they normally do? I don't know if they had one on the calendar that then they're revoking or they just never put it on the calendar. I'm trying to look because Gator Zone generally would have it on there, but they may have already changed it anyway. Um, I don't know. I get the idea of doing it earlier and what they think they they gain from that, but I think that it's not like you you couldn't have fans when you did it earlier. You know, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense now. If there would have been no fans on FSU, or I'm sorry, UF's campus for the last couple of months at games, if there would have been yeah. no fans at games during the fall, uh, I would say okay, well, we're just continuing the trend. But right. with having fans and stuff there, yeah, you know, I, take the, I don't really again. It. You're probably not. Tickets probably aren't going crazy for this game anyway. So make it 10%, you know, like let somebody come in, you know. Right. So anyway, it's just weird. Um, let students come in. They've all had it anyway, right? Right. You know, so um, so that's kind of crappy. Also kind of crappy, UF has, after beating a really good West Virginia team and winning, what, four games in a row, they'd beaten ranked Tennessee, then beaten Georgia on the road, uh, beaten Vandy, and then a really good West Virginia team on the road has kind of floundered a little bit. It took a COVID pause or they, or they lost to South Carolina and then took a little bit of a COVID pause and then lost to Arkansas um, yesterday. Um, I'm going to need Mike White to turn this around. Well, I, I can't, so, I can't be, I can't be bound, pounding my chest for this guy if he's not going to make me look good. So Arkansas, our, listen, I am not a massive Mike White fan. We've talked about this on the show a lot. However, I don't know that I really think it's fair to judge him their first game back against a red-hot Arkansas team that's ranked when they've been you know, not able to do anything for the last two weeks. I think had this game happened you know, just n- normally scheduled, it, it, you could blame Mike White. There could be uh, some ill feelings here. But I'm not ready to fire him based on his performance against a team that is on an upswing when you are ramping up from a two-week pause. Well, all I know is that Florida State has taken two pauses and they've both come out and blown out uh, ranked opponents after their pauses. So um, I wouldn't know what it feels like to not uh, come off a pause absolutely firing. you, huh? Um, Florida State came off of a two-week pause earlier in the year and I was really worried about how they would look coming off of that. Um, they ended up beating North Carolina State 105-73 to the next game they played they beat unc and then the next game they played they beat uh louisville so a good stretch there for them they'd won a couple more games and then had to get on a pause is or get on another pause and after that they just upset number seven virginia on monday night which was a lot of fun what is today wednesday i don't know what day it is so two so two days ago they they beat number seven virginia by 21 uh so they are kind of rolling we were going to go up on saturday the virginia state game i was complaining to you I want an apology. Um, the trophy lady can shut up, but I want an apology for the FSU Virginia Tech game being moved. I was going to take my daughter up to the game on Saturday. Now Florida State plays at Pittsburgh. I will not be making that trip um, because basically everywhere else in um, the United States but Florida is a frozen tundra. And so right. I, I'm not leaving the state anytime soon. Um, even Tallahassee was a little bit too close to Georgia for me to want to, <laughs> uh, get into that. But, um, Florida state finishes out with, uh, four or five winnable games here, Pittsburgh, Miami, UNC, Boston college, and Notre Dame. So they look like they are tuning up and getting 
in postseason shape. UF needs to uh, play a little better than they did from their break. I expected Florida State to be bad after their breaks, and I've kind of yeah. been shocked that they have been good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think it's too bad for UF to go on the road and lose to a ranked opponent after taking two weeks off. Um, so we'll see what they do against Georgia. Georgia's a team they they beat earlier in this year. Earlier this year, they scored 92 points against Georgia um, on the road. They play them at home this weekend at Saturday at 3.30. So they'll need to look a little bit better there. Um, it'll be interesting to see when the uh, tournaments happen, when the SEC and the ACC and things happen like that. Um, you know, what goes on, what teams don't even go. Like Duke's like under 500 for the first time, you know, since Krzyzewski's been alive. Yeah, um, did they have their, uh, their best player opt out but this past I mean, week? Kids are – Quitting on it, which, you know, I, I hate to say this. Kids can do whatever they want. They have absolutely every right, and I would never yeah. say that they don't. But if you quit because your team sucks, Stop. you're a quitter. That's a, now, right. it's I, I'm not saying that's not even – starts And you say like, hey, my 95-year-old grandmother lives with me, and I don't feel comfortable, and I have a heart condition, and blah, 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 blah. I'm not playing. You do you, boo. I am totally good with that. It's pretty crappy to start your season and be like, you know what? We kind of suck, and this year the like, NCAA doesn't care, so uh, I'm out. You know, yeah. like, I, and, I, and I'm not even saying it's not the best thing for them because you know avoiding injury and going to get ready for the draft it probably is the best thing for them. Sure, you're still you're still a quitter though. But it's like still a selfish thing. move. Yeah, absolutely. And if I was having to make that decision and had millions of dollars on the line, I'm not saying I sure. wouldn't do the same thing. But right. I'd still I'm be a quitter. That's like, what I was both, saying, like, hey, but you're still an asshole. Yeah. Like, yeah. So. Like both things can be true. It can be the best decision for you and you can still be a quitter. So like, right. totally. you know, we can see both sides of the fence there. I, if it was my kid, I'd probably encourage him to be a quitter. Cause like go quit for millions of dollars. Right. But if I'm a Duke fan, which I'm not, uh, you know, I don't want that to happen. So, um, we are flying through this. I want to get to this and then I, I, I think we have enough time for this other subject that I wanted to bring up. Um, but you had a little bit of a bourbon adventure this weekend uh, or last weekend, right? So tell us about your um, your bourbon adventure. So um, Liquor Depot is a liquor store near my house in Tampa. And they um, – Until they sponsor the pod. Let's not give them – no, I'm just playing. <laughs> tell, okay. Scott to get, tell Scott so, to get on the horn on this. Like we need to have a chat with them. Right. Um, so for those of you that don't know much about bourbon or you know whatever, you – I don't know if you can do this with other liquors because I only know things about bourbon and not even that much, but you can go and basically taste barrels and select them to be bottled specifically for your, you know, store or whatever, you know, event, whatever. So they had a, um, Eagle rare, which Eagle rare is from the Buffalo trace family, right? Yes. Okay. So, uh, they had a, a, barrel that they picked, uh, selected, um, from Eagle rare, which is a really nice, affordable, but really tasty, uh, bourbon anyway, that they were releasing at nine o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning. And, uh, there was going to be one bottle per customer and they were expecting a line of people. Right. So we got there, I would say about eight twenty. Eric and on, I did on Friday Saturday evening. Morning. No. On Friday evening, you got there. No. <laughs> you put all four of those little girls in a tent, like right. people lining up outside of Best Buy, 
to feed your alcohol alcohol habit. So good news is my mother-in-law was in town, so she kept all four kids, and Eric and I went and got in line 8 o'clock in the morning, 8.20 in the morning on Saturday morning. We were number 66 and 67 in line, right? So they don't open till 9, so that gives you an idea. They had 130 bottles is, is what they got out of um, – this barrel. So fat, which I guess is standard. Anyway, my brother was there and my sister-in-law, my sister and my brother-in-law and their three kids were there. Um, so they were a little ahead of me. They got there at about eight o'clock. Um, anyway, so we all stood in line to buy this, this bourbon. Uh, we have not opened it yet. My brother opened it, said it's fantastic. Um, and yeah, we're a bunch of degenerates. And the same uh, store has about five other picks from different uh, distilleries that are going to be released throughout the course of the year. So I'm sure I will be back standing in line at some point. Yeah, no, absolutely. I saw the line. I saw the pictures online. We were texting about it. I had actually just gotten a bottle of the same thing um, the day before. Another store pick, um, just a little bit closer to my office. I've actually never been to Liquor Depot. It's kind of an awkward place. It's, yeah. I don't, I don't pass it, and I have to go kind of weirdly out of the yeah, way to get there anytime. Yeah. Um, but if I ever do pass it, I think the last time I passed it was when Bryant was born. Where we were like driving him home, and I wasn't yeah. like, "Hey, can I stop at the liquor store?" Um, so, so um, I've never been there, um, but I certainly. You know, so will they get point. a lot of good stuff, apparently. Um, yeah, I follow them on Instagram. Like, I see them all the time. Um, and I'd like to. We just, you know, we had stuff going on Saturday. Yeah. I couldn't make it. I had just gotten a bottle. But maybe I'll run over there Friday or something. We'll see. Probably not. So Friday we'll mornings at 9 o'clock, they release their whatever yeah. good bottles that they have of bourbon for that week. So my brother, whatever, has gotten a couple good bottles that he loves. Um I think whoever uh, was first in line, my brother was third in line. Whoever was first in line got the only bottle of Blanton's that they had. Um, I, well, I, I you have a whiskey had. fairy, so you don't have to worry I about do it. have a whiskey fairy, so I don't have enough to worry about um, that. Speaking of that, I uh, will have to do something with this or grab Scott and do something with this. But I recorded the first episode of a new show with the big three roll up, I obviously have plenty of time on my hands and nothing else to do. So starting yeah, another podcast, podcast, um, called bourbon on a budget, which, um, our idea is to kind of review and rate and talk about things that are not like, like the Eagle rare, like Buffalo trace that are good, but not going to absolutely yeah, and break for the bank. Those of you at home, these were $45 a bottle. So yeah. in terms of bourbon, not, expensive and eagle rare you can typically find um just a regular bottle of eagle rare not a store pick which is what Allie got and what i got from a different store a regular bottle of eagle rare you can typically find from 30 to 35 dollars now i spent 45 for my bottle as well that was a store pick um and i am okay air quotes overpaying it's not really overpaying, but I'm okay paying a little bit more from a local store that is a store pick that you can really only get that blend there. Um, but yeah, Eagle Rare in general is not super expensive. Again, you can find it from 30 to $35. And so that would fit right into our Bourbon on a Budget podcast, right? Like I don't think we'll ever, I don't say ever, but like our goal is not to review the most expensive $350 bottle that you can find. Right. 
It's to talk about things that people could relate to and uh, potentially go get while we review. So that's kind of our idea. Bourbon on a budget. If you're a whiskey fan or a bourbon fan, go check it out. If you're not, then we'll move on to our next subject. Um, I, I, I'll talk about this and then we'll talk about one more thing and get out of here. Um, uh, did UF's, you, go ahead. UF, UF's greatest athlete of all time uh, retired from minor league baseball tonight. It's a sad night. Um, rest in peace to Tim Tebow's minor league baseball career, uh, competed in 77 minor league baseball games over his career. Um, I had no idea he was not retired from it. Like I just figured he was like back, like doing studio stuff with SEC now. Like I didn't realize I mean, he was he, still he does, playing. He was doing both, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not that many, the list is pretty short of athletes that have been able to play two professional sports. Yeah. Um, He's on that list. I think that, uh, I mean, at this point, you know, he's, he's old for an athlete, right? On the older end of things for an athlete. Yeah. He's, he's I can't believe you're on here calling people old, 30. talking about boobs. You're... Listen, um, I think this is a good call. He's got a great he's career. Going you. With, he's younger what? than you. And you're, he's younger than you and you're calling him old. I said for sports. I mean, oh, he's, okay. uh, he's sports old. He's not he's life 10 old. Years, he's 10 years younger than my quarterback. Well, who just won a Super Bowl? <laughs> listen, not everybody can be Tom Brady, all right? Um, although I could say, I mean, Tim Tebow is married to a Miss, former Miss Universe, so I guess he's doing pretty well in the wife department, like Brady is too. They're both um, married up. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, I think congratulations to him. What a what an awesome career! I think he still has big things ahead of him. Uh, he is a New York Times bestselling author. He has a successful career with ESPN. Uh, you know, good for him for taking one more thing off his plate. Yeah, no, I've enjoyed the. Um, I think Tebow's excellent in the. I mean, he's been excellent in everything he's ever done. Uh, but I think he's excellent with ESPN, SEC Network, whatever. But he's really good there. I like his commentary. I mean, I like these his passion still. He still gets super fired up, and um, you know, if you could tell like he just wants to get in there and yeah. Play, he, you know, like when he's giving yeah. his like little pregame stuff, and I, mean, I like that. Up. You know, he's not just boring old eighty year old man, right? Like the coach sure. fifty years ago. Like he's fun, you know. So yeah, um, congratulations to him. I think that's cool. Did you see? Um, I'm seeing these. Unless this is about Tebow, is this about Tebow? What you have or no? No, not what I was gonna say. I'm seeing. Shout out Ryan and Craig and all our guys. I'm seeing Tebow in a lot of Jaguars memes, right? Or uh, photoshops right now. So maybe well, that's the quarterback of the I future mean, there. Well, I was going to say, I mean, maybe he retired so he could go work with Meyer, but you would think that's probably a pay cut from what he's making for ESPN and far more stressful than his job at ESPN. So uh, unless coaching is really his long-term passion, I don't no, know. No, no, I meant playing. I mean, oh, like he'd be the quarterback there this year. I mean... <laughs> Listen, it's 2021. We'll rule nothing out, but I'm going to go with probably not. <laughs> um, uh, the Jaguars pass on Trevor Lawrence to bring back Tim Tebow to Jacksonville. <laughs> All right, what were you going to say before I, I cut you off? I was going to say, are you seeing these tweets about uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. and the Padres? 14 years, $300 million. It, that's insane. That is actually the total guarantee is close to three hundred and forty million, according to sources. That is insane. Think about how old you will be 
I will be in 14 Oof. years. Yeah, I, you, you it's even more shopping. 50. Ooh. Yeah. Yes, I'll be 50 <laughs> in 14 years. 50. What the hell are they thinking? By the way, this guy's played in 143 games total. Dude, he is really good. Yeah. Well, um, I just, I do not understand con- these guaranteed contracts in baseball for this period of time. 14 years. You know what the average professional career is? I know in, in football, it's like 2.5 years in the NFL. Obviously, baseball is longer. There's, a little bit more longevity there, but 14 years. Are you kidding? Remember when, um, so the average baseball career is like five and a half. So, okay. So 14 is still three times the average, oh yeah. right? And you know, I remember when the angels picked up Pujols and it was like 10 years and you absolutely knew at that point that they were going to, uh, he was going to play three or four years and be good. And then he was going to play two or three years and suck. And then they were just going to cut him and pay him out. Right. Like, but that's just what they had to do to acquire him. Right. Like they, they knew that they were at most getting two or three good years, three or four crappy years. He and also were, has you know, four years left on his current contract too. It's like, why it's insane. It is. I, but with no salary cap and these, you know, I mean, NFL players, NFL coaches could do this too, right? Like, or NFL, not coaches, but NFL owners and G, the money is is there. But with the salary cap, you just can't do it, right? Like, there's right. the CBA and stuff in place. You just can't do this stuff. But I mean, if you could lock up Patrick Mahomes right now for 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 ten more years, you would do it. You would absolutely do it, knowing full well he's probably only going to play like six or seven of those at an elite level. But you just say like, yeah, we'll just eat those last three years because what he'll do for us in those seven years like is yeah. worth it. Yeah. Um, well, so I guess so. It's averaging about twenty four and a half million a year. You got to assume he. You're you're right. He doesn't play out the contract. But I guess when you look at some of these other players and what they've gotten, uh, like didn't Trout average like I want to say like thirty five a, a mil for his contract? I want to say it was like four hundred and thirty million dollar contract, yeah, four twenty five, something like that. Thirty three. Yeah. Um, right. So, I mean, I guess in theory, then this isn't that extravagant. It's the 14 years that does it for me. But I guess if you're thinking that, let's say he plays 10 years, maybe in five or six years or even four years when his contract's up, maybe baseball contracts in general are a lot bigger. So the Padres are thinking, let's lock him in at today's prices because we know we want him for the future. And then from his point of view, here's financial security for the rest of my life regardless of how many games I play or don't play going forward. But it's just, a, that is a obscene amount of money. Good for him, but. Astronomically insane. Like I, there's not enough like kind of ways to describe how nuts that truly is. Um, but good for him. Like if I, uh, you know, if I could, no sweat off my back. Like if I could get that, I'd be all over it. So, um, Tatis, if you're listening to this, like shoot us a, you know, like show some love. We'd love to, we'd love for this to be the peak to pit show brought to you by Fernando Tatis. Um, so man, yeah, that's, that's insane. Um, all right, let's do this and let's get out of here. A little bit of sad news. Actually a lot of bit of sad, news. Of bit sad news. Really? I mean, it's like, I don't want to talk about this, but we did decide to kind of like put it at the end of the show because didn't want to, um, didn't want it to, to come be come back the, for the, any the, other topic yeah. after we talk about this. Yeah, it, it didn't feel right going from this to uh, 
you know, talking about Brady throwing the trophy. So uh, Vincent Jackson dead at 38. Um, signs don't look super, super great. Things haven't been announced officially, um, but not a lot. They, they said they did say there was no trauma uh, when he was found. He was found after being checked into a hotel and living there for a little over the last month. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a Vincent, welfare check on him earlier in the week, did make yeah. contact with him. Police canceled the wellness check after meeting with him. Um, I mean, he has a home in Tampa, so obviously there's something going on when you're staying at a hotel in Tampa, um, Riverview, what have you, but really um, sad deal. Yeah. Awful. He was a, uh, he won NFL man of the year for the bucks four out of the five years that he was here. Um, mm-hmm. did so much in the community. He was at the, uh, Eric was there too. He was at the big three roll of golf tournament that we had in 2020, uh, right? Yep. So right before the pandemic hit, uh, the day after signing day, um, so, uh, we all, you know, had pictures with him and saw, you know, he was the biggest name there. Right. So, um, when we, just, you know, we, he has done so much good for the Tampa community. And he was, yeah, he was at all the lightning games. He was always like, you know, how they always do like the man of the lightning or, you know, whatever that's called, like community heroes, I believe they call. So it just absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, leaves behind a wife and kids. And again, he's not much older than us, right? Two years older than you, six, seven years older than I am. Um, it's absolutely awful. Um, and somebody that was great on the field and off the field. Uh, somebody that took Mike Evans under his wing big time. Mike Evans was kind of the the I'm better than everybody punk coming out of college. And he really took him under his wing. Um, was a mentor to, you know, one of my heroes. I was a big mentor to Jameis. He was the, the number one receiver on the team when Jameis was – uh, drafted the the first touchdown that Jameis ever threw in a win went to uh, Mike. I'm sorry, Vincent Jackson in the in the uh, Superdome, uh, Jameis's rookie year. So uh, I went back and kind of watched some old highlights of him the other day and just saw that pop up. And so you know somebody that has played with a lot of different guys was in the league for a long time and was here in Tampa and and really really great again on the field and just as great off the field and it's just tragic probably. And- Better. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Field. He uh, he his he is a product of two military parents, and because of that, his philanthropy was um, dedicated to military families. He he, like you said, won Man of the Year multiple times when he was here. Um, they we don't have the official autopsy yet. We have heard that they're um, you know are. are, are his family has concerns about CTE and potentially um, alcoholism. Something that Eric and I were talking about, about CTE today. Um, Eric is on the board of the Tampa chapter of the NFL PA, um, which is the NFL players association. So former players, um, they meet, you know, periodically or whatever, but there is a fund that pays for CTE damage. Like, but, but, um, some testing and things that can be done, but a lot of the testing can't be done um, while you're still alive because they really have to analyze your brain. But there are um, ways of coping and dealing with signs and symptoms of it while you are still alive. But one of the things that we were talking about that I think is an interesting point that maybe should be raised is that, you know, players are made aware of the resources that are available to them, but we don't know how much player families are made aware of the resources and 
you know, if you don't recognize the problem in yourself, you're not going to ask for help. And so letting these other family members, people close to these former athletes, be aware of the kind of resources that are available may be kind of a way to to help a little bit. Now, CTE isn't something that you can treat like uh, you're not going to make it go away, right? But but with therapy and different kinds of treatments and stuff, you can help symptoms of a suspected CTE. And so I think maybe that's something that the NFL should maybe focus on is making the loved ones of these athletes more aware of sights and sounds and then uh, resources available so that they can try and help these guys. Yeah. You know, you've seen tragic things happen like the junior say thing. And then obviously CTE has been mentioned with this. Obviously we don't have full reports on sure. it and stuff yet, but think about um, Aaron Hernandez is the worst case of CTE um, that they had ever seen. And so as tragic as it is, is, is more people, you know, it does suck that the only way you can really find out more about it is once they're passed. Right. Um, but as more and more of this is becoming, um, there's it's happening. Hopefully there's a way we like, can. Okay. You're diagnosed with suspe- suspected CTE. And so then this is a path that we do to try and help you ease some of these symptoms. Again, you're not going to make it go away. But if you don't understand that the things that you're feeling or doing or whatever are potentially related to that, you may never seek out that help. So maybe it is easier for the people that love you to recognize these things instead of relying on them to recognize them in their in themselves. Probably, uh, yeah, probably it's like the telltale sign, the warning signs of anything else. Like the, sure. and I'm not trying to link these things at all, but over the last 20 years, we've learned so much more about the, the warning signs around, um, I, I hate to bring these things up because I'm not Everything. relating them at all, but like, yeah, the warning signs around like domestic violence or the warning signs mm-hmm. around suicide or self-harm or the warning signs around, uh, somebody that may have a, an addiction problem, right? Like, so just it, we've learned so much more. We know so much more now in 2021 than we did in 2000, right? 2010. Um, and, and the same thing will happen with CTE. You just hope that it, you know, it happens sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. because it is tragic, you know, and, um, and it sucks. I, it was, yeah. it was, uh, it was pretty crazy, uh, when that news came out. Um, horribly sad. Our hearts go out to the, his, his family and loved ones and, and, you know, fans of his, that is just, it's, it's a hard thing to wrap your head around when somebody who, uh, you know, has done so much to the community, has such a good life, has such a successful career, um, goes out like this. Yeah. No. So super tragic. Um, there's not really, there's no bringing the show up from here. So I think it's probably just easiest to end it. Um, but rest in peace to Vincent Jackson, prayers up for his family and, uh, all those who knew and, uh, worked with him and loved him. Uh, made a difference in a lot, a lot of lives. And so it really sucks um, that he's no longer with us. But uh, rest in peace to VJAX. And um, other than that, I think we'll be back next week. Do you have anything else before we go? It's kind of nope. hard to go anywhere from there. Yeah, no, I um, think that's about it. We'll we'll be back sometime, same place next week. <laughs> I thought you said someplace sometime. And I was like, well, that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, we can always throw in a laugh even after that. So I was like, what do you mean someplace? But anyway, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in.